welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5th edition D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore the world around them. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. What drives a person to kill? Animals often have the benefit of the doubt in this regard, but people get no such luxury. The latter count themselves better, but you would be hard-pressed to find an animal killing for money, power, or religion. It's not impossible, but it would be difficult. Not that Darwin or Vale burden themselves with such philosophical endeavors. They hold their reasons to be true enough. This is a letter that was written to him from presumably whoever the woman is who lives in the house, uh, saying, I've enjoyed our time together so much. Uh, I can't believe that we've been able to find each other and find such happiness and looking forward to spending the rest of their lives together. Okay. Really sappy stuff. And it is signed, Labruska. Oh, yeah. She's the lady whose execution we oversaw. Yeah. That halfling woman. And we're going to go to Arnis. I'm starting to put some pieces together here. What's up, Arnis? What's up? Chris is finishing up his liquid lunch. He's ready to go. Cool. I'm hanging with him. He's going to give Beth and Aster, you know, real big hugs. They're they're real friendly. They blush at his his farewell. I won't be presumptuous and just say it was Beth, Aster. It was very nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not an a-hole. We'll see. Quince is leaving. You're free to do whatever. I'm gonna go with him because I want to check out his shop. Sure. That was one of the things I wanted to do in town that I'm only just remembering. So yeah, that's why I clearly got some time. I was real surprised when you said you wanted to go to the bar and not to his shop because I forgot that that was a thing I wanted to do. You follow him into his shop, and hanging up on the walls are a number of instruments. Let's see, there are small drums, tambourines, flutes, pan pipes, and behind the main counter. There are shelves and shelves of sheet music and music books. He welcomes you in. He sets his keytar down on the counter on the side. Um, This is my shop. I've been running it for years. Some of these instruments were made here in the city. Some were traded by passersby. You know, if you're interested in any new music or if you've got anything to trade, just let me know. There's some really good ditties back here. You can get a real good sound off of those panpipes. I actually wonder, and this is like a, a DM question rather than a character question. Like, mm-hmm. do do I need to worry about like replacing the strings on my loot? Is that a no. thing I need to worry about? Okay. <laughs> Unless something happens where your loot breaks. Well, then like, I need to replace breaks it. the whole thing, yeah. right? Or where somebody purposefully cuts one of your strings. No, you don't need to just buy strings, like extra and strings, and have them around. Like, no. Okay. If you play a really bad song, one of them might snap. Because I suck. But we'll hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, basic upkeep. It's not like I'm going to make Darwin over there get a whetstone and sharpen his sword. 
Oh, fair enough. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll take a look at some of the music or the instruments hanging on the wall. I mean, that's pretty much the whole shop, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's also got probably some flyers up from shows that he's done or, like, other people have come through and done. Just, like, names on it and little drawings of instruments and people rocking out on them. Yeah, you can give me a perception check if you want to take a closer look at anything in particular. Kind of, I mean, you know, I'll take a look at the sheet music on that side sure. there. Yeah, it's like a 24. Do you speak Elvish? I do. Okay. Because I'm half elf. You're looking through, and a lot of it seems to be local music, standards, folk songs. But with that, you do see, among the other music books, an older one that has an Elvish name written down the spine. Uh, which directly translated would probably say influencing songs of the Elden Masters. Uh, Interesting. A more like strict, uh, well, not strict. Um, if you were to translate it for someone else, like Darwin or Vale, uh, you probably wouldn't give them literal translation. Uh, you'd probably read this to them as Elven Power Ballads of the Fourth Age. Oh my god, that <laughs> sounds awesome. Um, I might have to have this piece of music. Yes, please. <laughs> pieces of music. I might have to make this happen. Quince. Sir. Yes. Uh, Gray the Great. I believe it was. I saw your name up on the board. Can't wait. Well, I, I hope I live up to your expectations, sir. Um, sure, it'll be great. <laughs> I'm interested in this book of, uh, of Elven songs. Oh, you've got a really good eye there. Now, this is... Songs of my half-people. Oh, yeah, this is actually a really rare book. Traded a, a really fine guitar for this. Probably a good five, six hundred years old. Wow. Everything in here is for sale, of course. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot in trade. I have money. Money's always good. Okay. I play Um, for money. I don't play for trade. That's fair. Neither do I. Unless it's ale. (laughs) In which case, then, there's negotiating Mm -hmm. to be done. So, offhand, being that it's old and rare and... How much would you charge for something like that? This is still in really fine condition. Mm-hmm. Straight money, probably 50 gold. I'd be a little out of my price range. Maybe put it back. Now, uh, there's certainly ways around money, of course. Mm, like what? Your performance tonight, right? Yeah. You're gonna earn a little bit of money there. True, hopefully. If you let me play with you, might be able to knock off a little bit. How much is a little bit? Might be able to give you half off if we have a particularly good jam session. Ooh, I would not say no to that, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. In which case, then I will I will hold off on this, and we'll we'll see how tonight goes. It's definitely worth the investment. I, granted, it's not as valuable as it probably was back then, but still pretty good. A lot of good penmanship in here. I believe it. Plus, I mean, who would say no to a power ballad? Really, I mean, I don't do many of the power ballads myself. <laughs> A bit more of a free-flowing musician. That's fair. Well, thank you. I will continue to look around at stuff and things. Sure, you continue to look around. Uh, Meanwhile, Darvin, you've rushed into Dr. Corey's office. Caster and Cassava, CJ. Dr. Corey is calling CJ over, and he needs to know exactly what was planted, where. Like, what did she she go through? What plants are these from? Like, this is a rash of some kind, but I can't treat them. I can't treat this rash at all, unless I know what it's from. Like, if you can get me a bit of the plant, uh, that'd be great. And CJ is still a little groggy in the morning, but he says, if, oh yeah, if I can, someone could show me where she was, yeah, 
I'll tell you exactly what's there. I can show them where she is. Yes, you can. Do you want to do that? Yeah. But okay. I'm going to be like, wait, crap. Is it this room or this room? This is going to end well. I can feel it already. You and CJ rush off back towards the gardens. Caster's going to stay behind at Mayapple's side. And the doctor's doing the best he can to like, keep her fever down, but yeah, he's not going to be able to do everything without this information. So you and CJ go. Yeah, you enter that first room, which is kind of free of bees. Sorry, you enter that first room, which is free of bees. It's, there's no kind of about it. It's, is out of rotation right now. And yeah, you're there with the paths to the left and to the right. So I know that it wasn't this room because there's no bees here, right? Right. Oh, but there's also a plant. There's, there's plants everywhere, but you know okay. she was found in the chamber to the right-hand side. Okay. Right now you're in the first one. Okay. So there's one to the right and there's one to the left. So I'm going to be like, it was this one. The one you're in right now. Yeah. Roll deception. Uh, He's going to take a look around. I'm not trying to look certain. I'm trying to look like I changed my mind no. half a second later. But you think it was this one? Yeah. Uh, maybe it was this one. But, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. That's a 19. All right, he's... Matter, yeah, you rolled a 20. He's looking around. I don't see where she was. Like, she was stung by these, right? Are you sure it was this one? This doesn't feel right, but he's deferring to you right now. Oh, wait. Maybe it was that one. Which one? The one that I know it was. The one on the right? Yeah. All right, so you're going to lead him to the correct spot now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's another way? There's the left hand. There's, like, there's, there's like three There rooms. are three chambers. Oh, I thought there were two. Well, there are two chambers with bees. Okay. Set up in a triangle fashion. Okay. The first one that you come to, it's in progress. Like, they're replanting some flowers, uh, recultivating some of the earth, cleaning out some of the old beehives. And then beyond that, there are two, which are to the left and to the right, where the bees actively are. Okay. So, you went to the left, Castor went to the right. He found her in the, in the chamber to the right. The chamber to the left did not have anybody in it. Okay. But bees. There were lots and lots of bees. I'll take him to the chamber to the left then. Okay. It was this one. <sighs> alright, alright, you're sure this time. Okay, fine, let's go. Uh, and he rushes in. Show me where she was. Where'd you find her? Um, I point to where-ish she would have been if it had been in this one. Okay. Is there any, like, mirror -ness? Oh, yeah, they're, very, they're set up very similarly because they cycle the bees in and out and the planting, so there's a sonorb in the center of each of these rooms, and there's a path leading up to it from both entranceways. And he looks around. He's like, well, yeah, she could have got stung here. And he's looking at the plants, and he's like, oh, these are just, like, field flowers, really. I guess she could be allergic. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but... You call the one. I'm not a fucking doctor. <laughs> so, all right, uh, grab one of like every plant you can see, like right around here in the center of the room. So just like on the off chance that one of these is the right one. Okay. So he just starts like pulling flowers from just a bunch of different ones, and he's having you like catch the other half. I'll pull one each too. Okay. All right, all right. You're. Sh this is it, right? How this long? How long does that take? A couple of minutes, maybe. Damn. No, this isn't, like, you're wasting enough time to get her killed. What, what, once we have every single flower, I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. None of these look right. What do you mean, don't look right? I don't remember seeing these. What, what did you see? It, God. It might have been that room. <sighs> Can we go check but the there, other there's, room? There's a young girl's life on the line. We can't let her die. So we need to check the other oh, room. Fine, fine, fine. Let's go. Unless you'd rather not. If you're sure it was one of these... You're the one who was here. Oh my god. I can't remember. It might have been the other room. Alright, fine. And you go off into the other room. He is visibly distraught right now. 
he's worried about letting somebody die. And he's going to take a look around. Oh, where are you saying she was found over here? In that same spot? Yeah. Okay. He's going to take a look around. I can't. I can't tell at all. Where do you know any more about than just here in the middle? Oh, these rooms all look the same. I can't even remember if it was this oh, room. Liana, save me. Fine, fine. Get more plants. Just start grabbing. And starts grabbing more flowers and stuff. Are you going to help? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, this is a lot, but let's go. It's got to be one of these, right? Right? It has to be, yeah. Okay. And he rushes with you back to Dr. Corey's. You, CJ, and Dr. Corey. Uh, Caster is there. He's still very, very concerned. Cassava is pacing outside. And you go in with an armful of plants. And CJ sets them down on Dr. Corey's desk. But we're not sure which one it was. It was one of these... Dr. Corey looks at him, and he just runs his hand over his face. Oh, my God. Time is a factor here, people. And you bring me a bouquet. All right. Um, Caster, you were there, right? Does any of these look familiar? I'm going to ask the boyfriend. And he... He's able to rule out some of them, just like... No, it definitely wasn't blue or purple or pink flowers. It was like one of these other ones. It was like a yellow, white, orangish flower color. So it kind of helps rule out some of the ones you brought. And the doctor says, okay, oh, that's that's a good start. Fine. All right, let me take a look at these. CJ, get me the names of these. You know which ones these are, right? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let me go grab the ledger. I'll be right back. CJ heads out. Uh, what are you doing? And the doctor is going over all these plants, trying to figure out, like, if it is one of these, what do I need to do? He's like kind of sniffing them and Kind of rub them between his fingers, give him a little taste. I'm going to buy my time for a bit, see if I have another chance to help care for the patient. It's you, the doctor, and Caster in the room right now. The doctor's doing everything he can. Caster is it's a little emotional. He doesn't want to see his girlfriend die. Vale, where did you say you were? I'm in the house at this point. Okay. I'm in the bedroom. Where, where at? Like, under the bed, in the closet, well, on I the bed? I wanted to check the other nightstand, and then I would have been waiting in the closet. Okay, yeah, you didn't find anything particularly okay. of note in the so, other yeah. nightstand. Now I'm, oh, is there, like, a coat in here? I'm not looking for something that's going to fit me well, just that I can put over my clothing, because I'm expecting this to get bloody, and I don't want to stain when I'm wearing Everything in here is halfling-sized. Yeah. He's a halfling, so is his wife. Sorry, I, so was his wife. I was. Then, yeah, I'm just yeah. hanging out. Just hanging out in the closet. Hanging out in the closet. Uh, unfortunately for you, his ledger of planting locations is back over in the gardens in one of those buildings. So as he rushes away to go get that, uh, you are sitting there in silence, twiddling your thumbs. Waiting. Hey, half assassination is waiting for the opportunity. And it's probably 10, 15 minutes before CJ comes back with his book of planting. And he starts flipping through and he names off the specific plants that are on the table in an effort to help the doctor. Dr. Corey starts grinding some of them up in a mortar and pestle. Just individual, not together. In an attempt to make basically a lot of cures at once, or treatments at least, hopefully. And he's going through and he's grinding them up and like setting them down, going to the next one, grinding up and setting it down. He's kind of got his eyes off of the patient this time. Still in the same room. Hmm. But is there anything you want to do now? He's like working on some remedies. She's still there. She's got a very high fever, a little bit of the shakes, definitely sweating. Still a rash everywhere. I'm gonna look around. Is there anything I could? I don't know. This is hard. I can't like murder her in front of him. It's up to you. But like, what are you looking for? Anything I could like slip into my pocket and then use to 
aid her when they're not looking. Like, aid her. Nothing like, nothing stabby because. I was gonna say know. he's got surgical equipment like for knives and right, needles right. and threads, but, like, but obviously. It would, but it would have to look like. Mm-hmm. I want it to look like it was related to what. Okay. Roll a medicine check. As you glance around, he's got jars and salves and liquids and all sorts of stuff. It's a four. As you're looking, you realize he's put the medical and the chemical names on all of these jars and just don't know what any of them are. None of them are like, you know, good time sleepy potion or whatever. It's all like, oh, floral phosphate of blah, blah, blah. And just like, I have no idea what that does. Yeah, there's lots of stuff on the shelves to take. You don't don't know what they would do. I guess I could grab something at random. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to grab a random vial. What are you going to do with this random vial? I'm going to wait until, if I have a chance, alone. Like, unless you do something to get them to leave, they're not leaving the room. Not alone alone, but, you know, subtly. Okay. If I can sneakily slip her the Dr. Corey is definitely busy with his medications. It's really the only caster that's paying her direct attention. I want to try and find a way to tell Caster, to trick Caster into thinking the doctor said to give her this random vial I grabbed. Without actually okay. saying it, so I'm not accountable for it. He is. That would take some convincing. Right? But if you want to like go up and whisper into his ear and start lying to him about the goodness of some cure-all up on the shelf, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, maybe the doctor's holding out on us. Or maybe. Maybe something on the shelf would help her. Look at all this medicine he's got already made. But I don't. I don't know the first thing about medicine. I'm just. I'm just a hunter. I don't. I don't do this. As he's looking around the room, like I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Would, yeah, some of it might be good. He just kind of looks at you like if there, if you know anything to help my poor May Apple. I would never try to perform medicine because I'm not licensed. But any of this stuff could help, right? So maybe just give her a little bit of everything. <laughs> Give her a little bit of everything. Damn, that's a that's good right Ooh. there. I like that. Right, roll me a deception. Four. Oh my god. Caster crit fails because. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, nice. He's totally gonna kill his own girlfriend. Oh my god. He is a panicked boyfriend, and his girlfriend is dying in front of him. And as soon as someone says this might help, he latches on. And he starts reaching to the shelves and grabbing shit. And he doesn't know what to do with any of this stuff. Like, the right way to use any of it. So some of it he's opening up and he starts kind of rubbing it on her forehead. A couple he's pouring in her mouth and seeing if she'll drink it. Oh god, what did he grab? (laughs) I hate you, Darwin. Oh shit. (laughs) You are taking advantage of a grief-stricken man. You're so lucky I'm not there right now. (laughs) I know. I would slap the shit out of you. I think from now on I'll try and do these missions solo, because you're not good for them. <laughs> good for the people you're around. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay. He starts doing this, and you can see uh, whatever it is he rubbed on her forehead, it starts to change color. Uh, her skin's looking a little reddish-orange now, all across her face, more than flushed, like almost dyed skin. Oh, like when you rub iodine on someone. Yeah, it's like that, but just a, a redder color. Okay. And he starts doing this, and Dr. Corey turns around like, Oh my god, what are you doing? Do you even know what that stuff is? He, he tries to push Caster away, and this is going to be bad, because he's a halfling pushing an orc. Oh no. 
wow, okay, he's surprisingly effective at this. Probably just because he knows how to, like, deal with problem patients, like, when they're being physical with him. And Caster's just not thinking straight. At all. And you've gotten into his head, and he's messed up. Uh, and he's able to push her away, and he starts grabbing it, and he's just like, oh my god, what have you done? None of this is gonna help, like... Ah, oh, shit. You get out. Stand out in the fucking hall. Can't deal with you right now. And Castor agrees. He apologizes profusely. I just want to help. I just want to help my man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. Dr. Corey's just like pushing him. Just like right behind him. Get out of the room. It's you and the doctor. What did he do? And Van Apple. Nothing helpful. That's for damn sure. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, uh, which one? Starts looking, he's like, that's just, that's an antiseptic. That's harmless. Wait, wait, did, was he making her drink any of this stuff? I don't know, I didn't see it. I tried to tell him not to do Fuck. it, but ah. listen. Right, you can roll deception or performance again. Performance. Four. Hey, so did he. He also got a four. Well, great, now we're treating for three things. What three ah. things? So bee stings? No, no, the stings, flower. the stings are harmless. the the plants, and then, like, one of these two things. He can see the marks on her skin, on her forehead, and just know, like, okay, this is the thing that he applied on her skin. No worries. Toss that one aside. But then there's a couple others just like, I don't know what she has, so one of these two uh, could have fucked her up even more. Fine, fine. Um, do me a favor, start grinding up those last two flowers for me. I'm gonna work on this. And he starts to, like, pull some other things off the shelves to try to counteract what Caster may or may not have done. Okay. And he's asked you to go grind some flowers, so so that progress doesn't completely stop. What do you do? I guess I'll grind the flowers. You do so. Medicine shakes over here. Oh my gosh, he's terrible. <laughs> Just because he's not sure what happened. Stay terrible, doctor. Stay terrible. Her shaking is getting a little bit more violent now. It's almost like seizing. Oh good. Oh my god, <laughs> you're a monster. It's for cram. It's for the natural order of the universe. So you're in there, you're with this using patient, she's starting to grunt a little bit as this happens, and just outside the door, Castor is very worried, and he's pacing, and he, every once in a while, can hear him, like, punching the wall. The stupid Castor, stupid, stupid. Arnis, what did you do after, uh, visiting Quince's shop? I don't know. What time is it? Two or three. Just probably wander around, see if there's, like, other shops to look into. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of shops. Uh, just as a refresher here, there are shops. Shops, 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 shop, 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 shop. Daphne's Leatherworks, Quinstruments, Bracken's Butcher Shop, the Perfumery, the Cotta's Herbs and Oils, the Barbershop, Oleander's Oddities, and then the Infirmary. Let's go into the Oddities. You head into the Oddities shop where Oleander runs the shop. Oleander is an orc man. Aging. Everything else is just miscellaneous adventuring gear. He's got a few, like, weird-looking things, like a little wind-up horse. No bigger than your hand. Just like a little toy. Some very unique-looking clothing, antlers, decorative knives and banners. Just a lot of random stuff. Basic adventuring gear as well. Welcome to my shop, young sir. What can I do for you? I'm just... Wandering about the town. Anything you happen to need today? Well, now that you mention it, I don't know if this is something that you sell. I see you have to. Ha- you have some 
random adventuring gear, <laughs> folks on the road. Do you happen to sell bolts for crossbows? Oh, I'm sure I could dig some up. Find yourself out hunting a lot? We're in the service right now of a trader, um, mm-hmm. so occasionally we meet things along the road that are less than friendly. Less than friendly. That's not a euphemism. Oh, I, well, I know how that is. My dad used to go out and uh, hunt all the time. He came back one time, had a big old hunk of his hide ripped right out from his buttocks. My goodness. But that is was, sn- was, he, was he all right? I mean, he needed a cushion to sit down, but yeah. He's- <laughs> Arnis is not laughing at this man. I want to like, point that out and be very clear. <laughs> I mean, wow. you'd think such a bite would be a little bit ugly, but you don't expect the smell. Do you need a pillow for sitting? Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I have both butt cheeks firmly intact. Um, he kind of like, peeks around the side. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, I mean, uh-huh. I just noticed that you aren't missing any <laughs> Part flesh of your there. Parts, I'm, no. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm whole, as it were. So, uh, yeah, crossbow bolts, if you've got them. Um, I'll just take a look around. Yeah, I certainly could. You shopping around for anything else? Not really. Interest you in a scarf? Um, he, he looks you up and down. I see you're one of those fancy boys. Uh, I got something in silk, maybe? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Nothing to show off that physique of yours for the, uh, the young ladies? N- no, I'm fine. Sorry, young thank, gentleman, thank whatever. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. These are actually just my street clothes. When I perform, I have another outfit that I put on. I don't know why I'm sharing this with you. <laughs> I don't say that part out loud either, but I think it, like, why am I telling this man these things? <laughs> yeah, he's willing to sell you 20 crossbow bolts for on gold. That sounds awesome. Thank you, sir. Okay. Fail. That's me. You're sitting in the closet and nothing's happening. I'm waiting. Just just checking back in on you. Like, nah. Uh, just waiting. You just want to stay there? Yep. Okay, you stay in the closet. <laughs> Darby. Dr. Corey is doing his best he can to counteract whatever Caster did. Stupid boy. And you're grinding up some flowers for him, yes? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently very slowly. After he's done what he thinks he can do to address Caster's interference... He's going to start gathering up the ground-up flowers and vegetation that the two of you have been handling. All right. Thanks for your help. And so it looks like you did a good job. Like, right? You did a good job, or... Mm. Okay. I mean, you didn't say you were sabotaging his efforts, so I can only assume. No. So he's going to attempt to try to address her severe rash and whatever it is that's happening to her. He's just going to hope that he got it right, unless somebody's going to interfere with him. Oh, wait. He's about to he's about to try to apply a cure or a treatment for whatever's wrong with May Apple. I don't think I have a way of subtly interfering. Okay. I need to not be responsible for what happens. So maybe he does it right, maybe he doesn't. He mixes up a couple of tonics, pours them down her throat, gets a warm compress, puts it on her head. She's still passed out. The shaking goes down a little bit, and he turns and looks at you and says, Well, I'm not going to know if it worked until the morning. Oh, no. Just going to have to keep an eye on her. Thank you so much for your help. Anytime. Anything I can do. You can send the boyfriend back in. It's, it should be all right now. Okay. I'll go get the boyfriend. Okay. You going to go back in or are you done here? No, I'll go back in. All right. Caster is very apologetic. 
I need to try and figure and out where she's going to be staying tonight, and if she'll be guarded. Probably right here. Will there be anyone with her? It's a good question. Will there be anyone here? So Caster's going to ask if he can stay. Okay. But Dr. Corey, having seen how much he fucked up before, uh, is a little suspicious. Not that Caster's going to do anything purposely wrong, but just right, that, right. like, you know. Just that he might try to help again. Panicked helpers are of no fucking use. He tells Caster, I'll send for you first thing in the morning, come back, but just go get some rest. Get out of here. Go on. And Caster goes over to Mayapple, whispers into her ear a little bit, gives her a hug, and peck on the cheek uh, before leaving. Is this room locked? Not at the moment. But it, I assume. It oh does yeah, lock. you can you can definitely assume this locks. He's got all of his medical like supplies in here, so you can probably assume that after hours he does lock the doors. <clears throat> Doctor Kerr's gonna wash up his hands, clean up some of his equipment, set it aside. He's gonna write a few things down about the patient. Can I tamper with the lock so it doesn't work when he's not looking? You could try. Do you want to tamper with it from the inside or the outside? Inside, like okay. something simple, maybe even like. She's paper here, so it doesn't lag. Like a piece of tape over the... That's lag. exactly what I was going to say, because I don't think tape exists in this universe, but... It doesn't, but you could probably, like, rig something up with a little bit of time. Just something you wouldn't notice me doing. Sure. He kind of, like, organizes some things, and he's like, alright, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go grab a couple of things from the back, just don't touch anything. I won't. Uh, and he goes into the other room, and you can hear him, like, fumbling around through drawers and stuff. So if you want to try something, yeah, you've got an opportunity. Yeah. And since you were helpful, he's going to trust you here alone in his uh, in his office. I'm just going to try the, you know, equivalent of a piece of tape, because that's great. Give me a... I want to say slide of hand check. Yeah, right. give me a slide of hand here to mess with the lock in a way that's not going to appear obvious. 22. Maybe we'll get, like, a couple of tiny instruments off of his desk and a piece of bandage and go over there and kind of mess with the lock a little bit. You open the door a little bit, you close it, open it up again, like, okay, you think you got it. Nice. Pretty sure, like, the door's going to be open for you for a while. And as you're putting that stuff away and making yourself look totally innocent, yeah, he comes back in, and he's got a small towel wiping on his forehead. Ah, busier day than I was hoping for. My goodness, usually it's just a cold or upset stomachs, but jeez, I hope she does all right. I hope she does, too. This is a rough one. I'm sorry, Doc. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I can do? <clears throat> no, no, it's just time now. Either she's going to get better by morning or not. I just got to hope I got the right treatment. I'm sure you did. I have faith in you. You're a gifted healer. Thanks, son. <laughs> I suppose I should get out of your way now. He goes and sits in his chair, and he opens up a drawer at the bottom of his desk, and pulls out a little glass bottle, <laughs> little cup, pours himself a drink, tosses it back. Ah, <sighs> rough day, rough day. As he takes it out, Kasava is still pacing back and forth. Castor was... He was useless. He was... He was a blathering idiot. Ah, <sighs> But, I mean, you know how. And he looks at you and he's like, you know how those young love struck guys can be? Yeah. Is she going to be okay? Doc doesn't know. I hope so. <sighs> I feel so... Oh, I feel like this is all my fault. Should have been watching. Because it was your plant? My bees. Well, she was in there and... Uh, it's just... Sounds like it wasn't the bees that... If you're a beekeeper, someone gets stung by your bees and you feel a little guilty. Someone died by getting stung by a bee. Well, today... No one will have died getting stung. Hopefully not tomorrow either. Don't be too hard on yourself. It's not your fault. We'll see. She'll get better. I have a good feeling. Alright, all right, fine. He's gonna walk off. Me too. I'm going back to my room. You're going back to your room? You're done for the night? Well, for now. For now. Okay. Uh, the plan is to get up at like 3 yeah, or 4 in the morning. And 
check on her. So, Arnis, the dinner crowd is starting to arrive. Your friend's not showing up. Hmm. Oh, don't worry. Hmm. Don't worry. Don't start asking about me. Why would I do that? Just hang out. Nobody here knows you. I'm not that much of an idiot. Well, I ordered myself some dinner. Okay, yeah, sure. You have a nice salad. Pretty hearty. Good croutons on there. Love a good crouton. As you're halfway through your dinner, Samudio and Sniffins come in. He orders himself up a drink and goes off to schmooze and gives you a little wave. Give a wave, yeah. Sniffins comes up and, you know, he says hello. Hey, buddy. In a doggy way. Hey, buddy. And he just starts wandering around the crowd. If you've ever seen a dog at a bar, that's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly. So you're in the bar. It is dinner time. Your veil is not showing up. Whatever. I hate the powder. (laughs) And the opening act is getting up on the stage. This is not Quince. This is just someone with a pair of drums, very much like bongos. So it's a little bit more energetic. It's a little less on the jazz side, but it's good. I mean, it's a nice little warm-up. You know, people are enjoying it. Hmm. Uh, what are you doing? I listen. Clap yeah. when appropriate. Other than that, nothing really. Okay. Just hanging out. We're going to move some things forward then, since you're just going to hang out. Uh-huh. Quince will take the stage with his guitar. And when he plays it, it sounds like a grand piano. Nice. And he plays it very bluesy style. Nice. So people are into it. People are drinking. They're having a good time. He's got three pints of ale up on a little table up there next to him. Every once in a while, in the middle of songs or in between songs, he'll reach over and take a drink. He can play with one hand when he has to. Crowd's loving it. Meanwhile, Vale. World perception. Crit. You hear the front door open, and you hear a single set of footsteps enter in, and just the loudest song. Just, oh, fucking day. What a day. And he's kind of putzing around down in his living room in the kitchen. Just his after work unwind, like it's been a hard day. All right. The plan is if he opens the cabinet, I rush him. If he doesn't open the cabinet, then I wait till he's asleep and I come out and I'm like, wait, are you in a cabinet or are you in a closet? Oh, it's the closet. Okay. So CJ heads into his room. He gets changed. He's pulling out clothes. He's throwing something into the corner. doesn't even sound like he threw it into a basket or anything. Just like threw some shit on the corner, in the floor, on the floor, in the corner. Prepositions are important. (laughs) And he changes out of his shoes into a different pair. Um, just because the ones he wears in the gardens are dirty and probably smell a little bit, just like the plants and stuff. Uh, and it seems like he might be getting ready to go back out again. Okay, he's in the room? Mm-hmm. He grabs a brush and he's, he starts going through his hair. Can I tell if, based on kind of the sounds, where he is in the room compared to where I am? Uh, it sounds like he's on the opposite side of the bed. Like the opposite uh, wall. Okay, yeah. Like there's the bed in between the two of you. No, I'll keep waiting. Okay, all right. He gets himself, like, he's he's dressed up. He's looking a little bit nicer than he usually does. You can hear him, like, try to pep talk himself up a little bit to force a smile onto his face. Ah, deep sighs. Come on, buddy. Come on. Just, just get that smile on. It's going to be okay. You can get through this. He's so bad for this guy. Ah. Kill him. All right. Let's go. And he walks out. And shortly after, he finds himself in Sweet Williams. He orders himself a big old tall drink. Not of me. He gets something a lot harder. And he finds a, an empty spot and sits down and just starts just starts drinking. It's been a rough day for him. It's actually been a rough couple of months for him. Right, Arnis, you see him. You recognize him from the drawings. I don't think you've spoken with him yet. Yeah, that's about it. You just recognize him from Captain Thorn's drawings as that sad man. And, uh, sad man. 
you with this. He's guy. drinking. Uh, meanwhile, Quince is up there and he's playing. Everybody's a bit. It's a great show. He doesn't need a role for performance. He does this all the time. <laughs> I do too, and you still make me roll. That's because you cast spells when you play music. Fine. Boom, he got a 19. Fine. He's a great musician. What do you think? <laughs> Whatever. He's a great song. People are into it. He's got a little tip jar up there. People are going up and dropping coins in. Yeah, maybe could have him give you some lessons. Maybe you can kiss my ass. Maybe you can not try to play with me again, and that would help. Doing you a favor. No, you weren't. You were hurting, not helping. You progressed to the plot in a way. Yeah, <laughs> progressed us right into getting attacked by a dog. Only one dog. Okay, Darvin, how are you chilling out in your room? Um, just for a bit, I guess. After that, I'll probably want to go get some food or something or wander around somewhere. I'm not hiding out. I just don't have anything specific to do until you know. How late into the night do you want to go back to the doctor's office? Oh, probably check at like midnight. Awesome. So until then, you're free to do whatever you want. There are other people here in the hostel. They seem to be mostly keeping to themselves. Every once in a while, you'll hear them speaking in other languages. And some of them are speaking common. Some of them are speaking like Elvin, the halfling tongue. Uh, You might hear one or two others that are just like a really thick accent and you can't tell what language it is. But it's not exactly quiet, even though you've got your privacy in your room. I mean, there's still people about. Sure. Whenever you want to leave, whenever you want to go and do something, you can do that. Uh, until then, uh, harness. Uh, roll me perception as you're in there. The music's great. You don't have to worry about that. Quite failed. Mm. And you're just kind of lost in thought. So you're just entranced by Quince's music. He is exceptionally talented, and you haven't heard anyone this good since since you were back in school, and like your mentor was teaching you how to play. And it's rare that you find talent like that out on the road. In some, like, random tiny town, right? Suspicious. He's just good as all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he gets a lot of praise. He gets a uh, hefty bucket of tips. And he announced that he's going to take a little break. And in the meantime, Gray the Great will be coming up to perform. All right. People have got some alcohol in them. It's just the way I like them. <laughs> there are. That's what I wanted at the end of the night instead of the beginning of the night. <laughs> there are romantics getting all lovey-dovey at the tables. There are drunk people screaming for more entertainment. There's a nice old couple like, sipping brandy or something, and just like, mm, yes, that was quite good. It was quite good. All right, what do you do? <sighs> it's hard to follow a performance like that. Yeah. Uh, I head up on stage and. I say, hi, I'm the aforementioned Gray the Great. There's a small little, like, polite clap. First, I want to thank all of you, and especially Sweet William, for being so welcoming. As you've noticed, you don't know me, so I'm new here in town. But I found this town to be to be quite friendly, and I'm so, like, I'm so... This is the greatest cutaway ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, my friends are trying to murder you all. Awesome. Not um, all of them. Whatever. <laughs> and I'm so thrilled to be allowed the opportunity um, to play for a new crowd of people. It doesn't happen very often. So um, I will, I guess we'll get started. It's time to play then. Oh, yeah. You know what that means. That means I have... It's time to roll some performance. That means I have to... Aha! <laughs> I got an 18. <laughs> What's this first set sound like? Like what, what type of music are we going for? Usually I play a couple of... Um, or depending on the crowd, I'll play one or two like warm-up songs so they kind of 
get attuned to like this is what I do, right? Because obviously my style is very mm-hmm. different from Quince's. And then she busts out with Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And then I play something that's like super that's super fun, and we'll get people kind of energized or repeat so a lot set, so they can sing along. So the first set is is building up the energy. Oh yeah, this it, is bring it's it's an escalation here. Oh Good. yeah, I love it so much because that's what I do. And if they're already drunk, it's oh, yeah. so much easier. <laughs> people will get more drunk as the night goes on, but there are certainly a lot of people who are already oh, just yeah. like, good. <laughs> they're in that good spot. <laughs> you play it, and it's going very well. And, um, all right, do another performance check. Oh, man. This is soundtrack time right here. <laughs> Even better. I got a 21. What's the feel of this set? Or rather a 20. That's a 20, not a 21. I can't add. It's Sweet Caroline in a Boston bar is what what this set is right now. Pretty much. Uh, It's it's kind of keeping that energy going. I probably bring it down for one number, play something a little slower. But not too slow so that all the drunk people fall asleep. Because that would be bad. All right. So in my head I'm thinking like road trip music right now. Yeah. Close? Oh yeah, that'll do. Okay. Yeah, something so, that people can kind of get into, dance around if they feel like it, or do some really solid chair dancing. Oh, no, some people will get up and dance. Oh, yeah. And there's some nice, good energy going through, and, like... I'm used to playing parties, so... It can be heard outside of Sweet Williams. It is... There's a, a light echo of it up and down the tunnels around the area. And as this music's playing, Darwin has emerged from his room. <laughs> and now has some fat beats to go kill someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. Well, not that fat. Not with the pH. Sorry. I don't work with a beatboxer. I'm Dude, all loot. I'm picturing half orc beatboxer. But I'm all loot. Too legit to coot. <laughs> loot life. What? Too <laughs> legit to coot. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought there it didn't work. Ignore work. all this over here. <laughs> We're doing really well with our words today, yeah. guys. All right, Darwin. It, it is about midnight now. And you can be assured that all of the shops are closed. Really, only places to get drinks and foods would be open. Probably the shrines or churches or whatever. Like if you wanted to go pray in the middle of the night, yeah, they wouldn't turn you away. But most everybody is either out doing stuff or in home bed. I'm not going away. So, would you like to go pay this young Mayapple a visit? Yep. Alright. I'm kind of going to sneak because I don't really want to be seen. Give me stealth. With advantage. It is late at night. It is not crowded. And... There's a nice sound emanating from one of the tunnels in the direction of Sweet Williams. 23. You are unnoticed as you make your way through and find yourself in front of Dr. Corey's office. Okay. Try the door. Uh, give me another still. 24. You soundlessly push the door open, finding that your previous sabotage was indeed effective. Yes. Check on the patient. Oh, I closed the door first. Okay. She is still asleep, unconscious, passed out, whatever. But alive. On that medical table. Dr. Corey appears to be slumped over in his chair, probably asleep. The bottle is still on his desk. Can I tell if she's alive? If you go up there and check on her, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to check. Medicine? Uh, Yeah, go do a medicine check. Five. You kind of put your hand on her wrist and then on her neck, and you just aren't sure, so you lean in real close and get your ear right up to her nose, almost like lying down on her head. And you hear very, very faint breathing as you're, like, almost on top of her. Real shallow. Here's a plant. Real gently and quietly. And, you know, stealthily so the doctor doesn't notice. Mm -hmm. 
or wake up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to smother her with a pillow. You're going to go Classic. Othello on her, huh? All right. Classic. Well, I figure it'll look like she just died from shock of all this stuff. You take a quick look around, and the only pillow you can see is the one under her head. So you will need a, a sleight of hand check to pull that out without making any noise. Okay. Oh, Five. Smooth. You pull it out, and there's a noticeable thud as her head falls back and hits the table. Dr. Corey. This is going better than I can possibly imagine. You can hear him grumbling a little bit, possibly waking up. Not yet, but just the first stages of being roused. Like when you poke a drunk person. I'll just try okay. to smother it with the pillow there. Take this pillow, hold it down on her face, and hmm, she's passed out. It, yeah, it's not like she's gonna like wake up and fight, but her know. body is gonna have a natural reaction to loss of air. So, give me a stealth check. Okay. This is basically you controlling her and yourself to not like flop around and wake up the doctor and like cause extra noise. Nineteen. Good. You hold the pillow over her. For a minute or so. She never really moves all that much. There's a little bit of a struggle. As you can tell, she was already weak and never fully regained consciousness. And after a while, you're confident that the lack of movement means she is no more. I eased her passage. That's what your god would have done. I mean, it's probably why they got one of their dead, because she was supposed to be dead. That's what I'm thinking. So you're standing over a dead body with a murder weapon in your hand. (laughs) I'm going to put the murder weapon back under her head. And Give me a sleight of hand again. I don't have to worry about her waking up. Seven. Okay. Her hair gets caught in the grain of the wood on the table. You have to, like, yank a little bit. It doesn't hurt her. You can hear Dr. Corey's hand just reach out a little bit and <coughs> grasp onto the base of the bottle, and it, you hear it slide a little bit across the table. As you look over, his head is still down, and at first glance, it looks like just kind of a, a very groggy reaction to any sort of stimulus. I guess I'll just freeze in place for a couple minutes then. Okay. And he eventually slumps back over and remains still. Never, His head never left the table. But he seems to be still again. Okay, so at that point, I'm just going to stealth back out, which I know I'll roll for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm giving you the order of things. Mm. Stealth out, undo my work on the lock. Okay. I'm not worried about, you know, returning the tools used. I can just stash them somewhere. That's fine. Alright, first, with the stealth, as you creep across the floor... 21. Very silently. You open the door... You have a moment here to undo whatever it is you did to it. Your little sabotage. So sleight of hand. Okay. Get it back into working order. Six. And you start messing around, and as you've got the little medical instrument inside the lock, you just hear the tip of it break off. And you pull it back out, and you just see, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a good half inch just missing off of this thing now. So is it obvious the lock has been tampered with? You can't see anything from the outside, but it's a broken lock now. Just gonna close the door in GTFO. Okay, where are you headed? Back to my room. Alright, you head back to your room. Meanwhile, Arnis is playing a kick-ass set. People are all kinds of into it. Roll me another performance check. Oh man, I was hoping I was doing so well. Hey, if you don't want any more tips, you don't have to roll. Oh, <laughs> of course I want more tips, okay? I live for tips. Quite as good. Still not bad though. Fourteen. 
know, people seem to be enjoying it. They may not have heard all of the songs that you're playing before. Like, a couple of times they were getting up and dancing, maybe chatting along, and then you go into one that's more of a northern continent song, and just like, okay, ah, the beat's good. Uh, and at that point, you can see Quince over at the side of the stage, and he's got his guitar with him, and he's just, he's giving you the fingers, like, hey, you ready? Right Us too? Not you buddy. Know you want to play? So I finish up whatever song I'm on, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back to the stage your favorite musician, Quince. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Too great all, fanfare, I'm assuming. Oh, yes. They all <laughs> cheer Quince uh, very much so. Cheer hard. Uh, give me a perception roll as you're looking out at the crowd. 17. People are enjoying themselves greatly. And you can see Captain Thorne trying to talk to CJ. Just trying to get his attention and cheer him up. You can't hear anything that she's saying, but obviously, like, trying to, like, get somebody out of their, like, gray cloud of unhappiness. Poor and it's time for another performance roll. He's going to roll, too. Oh, God. This is ready to go. He's got advantage. <laughs> You're an 18. All right, you take the lead in the song. It's not one that he's heard before. So it takes him a couple of minutes, like, a couple of verses to catch on to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, now, this is definitely you. Like, this is your song. This is your show. And he's playing backup. The crowd's enjoying it. And people are getting drunk. Some are leaving. Uh, a couple of the younger crowd is showing up now. Probably fresh off of guard duty. And it's time for the closer. It's time to wrap this show up. What does RNS go out on? Hmm. Arnis plays. Don't stop believing. No, not exactly, but something like that. To which I tell them, like, I tell the crowd, um, I don't know if this is a tune you all know, but I end every one of my sets with this song. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's my version of Don't Stop Believing, basically. It's my crazy banana song, and I'm guessing I need Quince to... thinks he knows it. Yeah, yeah. One last performance roll. Right? This is this is the big showstopper. This is for all the marbles. Unfortunately, this is when like drawers get thrown up on stage. Ooh. <laughs> oh god! Oh, you did not go out on top tonight. <laughs> what does Arnis get for his closer? I got a nine. Luckily, everybody else is drunk. <laughs> Quince rolled a sixteen. Luckily, plus Quince his performance bonus better so. than me. I never should like, this. Most nights are better than this. You one. start a, okay. you start the song that you always go out on, and Quince can instantly tell the crowd doesn't know this song. I don't know if you're playing it right, but this is <laughs> I'm not. not gonna work. And he quickly takes over the oh, melody. Thank God. <laughs> like he steps up farther up, like he goes farther downstage, and he starts playing and rocking out a bit. And he, he does a little a couple little side steps to get a little bit more like directly in front of you, line of sight wise. <laughs> He's taking the show from you. As a performer though, I know when I suck. Like Yeah, you can tell this is I know that I'm playing poorly and he's saving my ass, so I'm gonna let him do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you played it every show. How long has it been since I played a show? At least three it's weeks, a month, something like close that. Close to a month. You gotta it's been a long time since you had a, like a real show. And your little spell songs, you know, aren't quite the same. Mm-hmm. All right. So he okay. for my bus. He saves you for this finale song. As he's done, he just steps right off the stage and into the crowd. And, you know, people are coming up and thanking him. And, you know, there's some drunk people. Like, oh, great show as always, Quince. And, you know, Beth and Aster come back up. And he motions for you to come down and join him in thanking the crowd and everything. I'll join him. You've certainly got everybody's attention. They're, they're thanking you. There's, like, one guy, an older halfling. He's probably that guy who was sipping on brandy the whole night. Uh, don't worry, man. 
You'll get there someday. <laughs> You've got talent. I can see it in you. But everybody else is just like, oh, you know, good show. This was fun. It was different. Can I just say thank you, sir, to that guy? <laughs> like, I know he doesn't mean to be insulting. Maybe he does. Well, even if he does, like, there's no point in me, like, mm-hmm. getting into it with this guy. Not if we're here tomorrow and I want to come back and play again. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Sweet William would let you perform again. Despite my disastrous final song. That's all right. And the rest of the show was good. You know, closing the deal is a little bit harder for some folk than others. It's also late at night. I'm starting to wonder where my buddy was. Yeah, you noticed neither of your buddies came back in. Well, I wasn't expecting him. Yeah, but still, Darwin never showed up. Where are you headed after the end of the night? Probably collect my tips and grab one more drink from the bar and then head back to the room. You got nine silver and a gold? Yes. Quinn says that was fun. No. We should jam some more, maybe get used to how each other play a little bit. Yeah. And then we do the skin a little bit more. Hey, if I'm around tomorrow, I'm going to put myself on the schedule. So I just, I don't know what our schedule is here. So okay. I have to play it by ear. Bar's closing down. Veil. It is so late in the night. What will be a constitution saving throw? What? Dude, you've been sitting there like all day. 14. You can feel your legs starting to go to sleep. It's been quiet, so you had some time to like get up and jump around a little bit and keep it from like going totally numb. And it's oof, it's a little after two. Holy crap! Yeah, this is what happens when you say I want to stay in the closet till the dude comes home. Uh, roll perception. Alright, crit fail. Nice. And you can hear the front door open and close. Like obviously, someone's here, and it's pretty quiet as far as you can tell uh, until you hear the the bedroom door open. Someone, presumably, walks in. What do you do? Gonna wait. I'm just gonna jump out when he's hanging out and wait for a, <laughs> wait a little while and make sure I've got an idea if he's asleep or not. Okay. Right, roll perception again. It's a four. And you hear some mumbling as you're sitting there waiting in the closet. It's been a really long day. The hours are starting to get to you. And your body's still awake, but it's it's been you've been in here all day. It's been almost completely dark. And it's just kinda hard to focus in. And you hear some mumbling, and you hear some footsteps, and you hear some drawers being opened and closed. But the mumbling continues on for a while, like a good 20, 25 minutes, as we're sitting in there waiting. And eventually it turns to... it turns to shouting. And eventually you hear this halfling man just kind of shout in exasperation, frustration, whatever. He's not feeling good about something. He says, it's, it's my right to grieve if I want to. Just give me time. Get out. And the door slams. And there's a slight squeak as it sits on the edge of the bed. And you can hear crying from the other side of the door. I'm going to ease his pain. That's a mercy kill. I'm still waiting. I'm not coming out. Once once movement stops, I'll still wait another 20-30 minutes. Alright. What do you do at that point? I want to quietly open the door. Roll stealth. Fifteen. You push it open fairly quietly, and you see this halfling man, still dressed and just curled up at the foot of the bed, pass out. It looks like he just kind of like cried himself to sleep. This is my target. As far I as mean, you know, this is the guy that I believe is my target. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is the address that you believe you should be going to to find Cortland Fortenberry. This is the person who came in and fell asleep on the one bed in the house. By all rights, this is the person. Unless you want to go, like, through his wallet 
or through family photos. Is he lying on his side, on his back, on his on stomach? On his side. He's curled up in the fetal position. Okay. Yeah, he fell asleep crying. Then I just want to come up and right behind him. One hand kind of behind his head, ready in case he moves, to push it into the bed. And then I just want to ease the dagger right into his heart from behind. Oh, God. I roll me stealth to get over to him. 21. Okay. Rise up right behind him, like a shadow. Okay. Let me roll my attack, attack I'm assuming. With advantage, like all the advantage. <sighs> with my dagger, that is eight. Are you shooting me? He rolled a two and a three. <laughs> okay, sorry. So no, he is not. His AC can't be that high. No, no, his AC can't halfling. be that high. He's an unarmored halfling who's asleep in his bed, or on his bed. Still, though. Roll your damage. It's four uh, d6s and two d4s. 25. You grab him by the back of the head. You bring your dagger out. You place the tip of the knife on his back, right where you know the heart would be in front. He shifts a little bit, and you puncture a lung instead. And you can just hear him gasping for air, and each breath is just bringing him closer and closer to death as he suffocates, as his lung collapses and fills with blood. That's pretty brutal. And tears welling up and streaming down his face. The foot of his bed is soaked in blood now. Um, am I? Well, you're not soaked in blood. You're, um, I'm just gonna... right. You might have a little bit on your hands, but you're clean otherwise. I'm leave the dagger where it is. No use to me. Don't want a weapon on me because no one in the town carries a weapon. I guess I don't do fingerprinting. Scott, do I have to worry about fingerprints in this universe? Sorry. No. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Until you meet the magical detectives, you don't have to worry about fingerprints. Magical detectives? Can I join them? That sounds fun. <laughs> yes, you can. Awesome. Your first task, find the assassin who killed Cortland Fortenberry. Yay! <laughs> I want to join the magical detectives. Leave the dagger in the body because I was supposed to send the, this guy's dead message. Gonna go ahead and you know wipe what little blood there may be on me off mm-hmm. on him. That's and fine. Yeah, done. Sneak out the house. Roll stealth. Sixteen. Roll perception as you exit the house. That's a four. It's been a really long day. You've been up longer than you're used to. The tunnels are a lot dimmer than like the town center proper or the individual shops. They're mostly just lit enough to see to walk through and notice nameplates and numbers on doors. After you get about 50 feet away, you don't see her, but you bump right into Captain Thorne. She looks visibly upset. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What are you, what are you doing here? I, I, I was trying to come back from the bar and I got lost. Oh my god. <laughs> of course this is what you do. Of course. <laughs> you can roll deception or performance right now since you're acting like a drunk person. Twelve. Look, it's been... It has been an exceedingly rough day for me. And you, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to not trying to put my problems on you. That wouldn't be fair. We're headed back to the bar. I was trying to get back to the room that the, the mayor gave for me. Alright, let's go. I'll, I'll help get there. Thanks, Orc Lady. And as you're walking back, look, I, you're a ways away from the bar and from the hostel. What? And how much did you have to drink tonight? 
I don't usually drink a lot. I don't know, two, maybe three. The the mead's really strong here. Well, it's it's mead. What'd you? What did you think of your friend's performance tonight? He's always good. Always, huh? You need to sober up there, buddy. Yeah, she'll call you, buddy. Just, just, just need to sleep it off, I think. And she'll walk you back to the hostel. Pass out in your own bed. <laughs> Got it. And I do just that. And she gives you a somewhat forceful shove into the doorway. That's polite of her. She's had a day. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And, and she leaves. So you're all in bed, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's done their dirty deeds for the day? Yeah. Hey. Oh, sorry, you, you didn't do anything. What are you talking about? Immoral. I went shopping. I patronized the town, and I played for them. Yeah, you did. To moderately okay reviews. And you didn't hit on any of the groupies either, so yeah, your your slate is clean. Oh, they weren't my groupies. I don't presume to, like, horn in on. on another bard's turf without being invited. Oh, you see a bard turf for The epic, like, music battles are just <laughs> epic. I'm picturing a riff-off right now between bards. That's what it is. So, the next day comes. What's the plan for today? I'm gonna go to the guild hall, if there is one. I'm gonna knock on <laughs> wait before you do that. First thing in the morning. Oh, I'm definitely sleeping in. I um, I'm going to knock on... No, you only know Miss Kara. I'm gonna knock on Kara's door and see if she's there because she never showed up last night, and that has me a little bit. Darvin, what are your plans for the morning? Worried, but just as much as goes against my instincts to return to the scene of the crash. Oh God! <laughs> you need to. You need to sell that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I need to return and be like, "Hey, how's she doing?" If I suddenly lose interest. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go back to Dr. Corey's office. Yeah. And Arnis is gonna go talk to Kara. So we'll start there, since that's right, like, immediate. Yeah. You open your door, you turn, and you bang on Kara's. I wake up, left into Kara, and I open the door, and when I see Arnis, I give him one of these from behind the door, and give him one of these. Come in quickly and quietly. You motion for Arnis, so people can't see one of these, or one of these. (laughs) I give her a stay quiet gesture and a come in gesture. Okay. Are you doing that? Yeah. You go in. So I, What's up? I shut the door and I say, well, I let you speak because you very clearly had a reason to come to my room. What the hell? You were supposed to meet me at dinner. I had info for you. It wasn't much info, but it was info. Keep it down. I, what? what? Why? I, well, first of all, what info did you have for me? I met the Earl of the town, and he said he knew who Cortland Fortenberry was, which sounded like more information than you had, but he told me that if you had a package to deliver him, I should send it via the mail guy. Oh, the package has been delivered. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Before you answer right. that. I don't want to know. I, I look at him, and I... Ernest, there's... You know how there was, like, that thing I revealed to you? There's another thing, but you don't want to know what I do. Oh, God. All I need you to do for me is if anybody asks, I was at the bar last night. You don't have to say I was with you, but you saw me at one point. That's all you need to do. Is this a lie that could potentially get me in a lot of trouble? All you're doing is you say you when you were on stage, you saw me in the back of the bar drinking up a storm. 
I don't need to offer this information up to anyone. No, only if anyone asks. I'll try. But for the record, I don't like it. Don't put me in a position where I have to lie for you again. We've all done things for each other since we started going to running together. This is just one thing you have to potentially maybe do for me at some point. But it's about something that I don't want to know about, and that scares me. Do you know what Darwin does? I mean, not specifically. And I mean, I know he's a monk, but... Are you all right traveling with him not knowing that? Yeah, but he hasn't asked me to lie for him about it. Have I ever let you down personally? No. And I will continue to not do that as long as I'm with you. Occasionally, you may have to extend the truth to help me out in return. I don't like it. I, I understand you're not liking it. And when I can ever prevent having to bring you in on something like this, I will, believe me. But this little bit of help could save us all a lot of trouble. Okay. And you don't even have to offer it up. Only if someone asks. You missed my set, man. It was good. I I, I heard it was good. Did... I mean, except for the ending. The ending was kind of awful. But Quinn saved me. He's really good. I don't know why he's in this town. I need to go talk to that dude. Anything else, you two? I need to go talk to Quince. I can go with you. I just need to go to the guild hall at some point. You'd have to find one first. Well, yeah. I didn't find it if there was a guild hall and make a visit. Okay. You're not telling me that, are you? No, I would say that, because, you know, I've been I've got this delivery thing that needs to happen, so... Guild? Part of a guild? Making a delivery for a guild. Do you, like, make stuff? Do they make stuff? I don't know. It's just a package I have to deliver. Another one? <laughs> it's actually the same package going to a different, uh, different person. What get I asked? <laughs> I like to confuse Arnis. Not confuse. I just really don't want to know. Or you can go do your thing and I can meet you there. But I just, I feel like you might want me to be around you today because you're looking like you, you're a little distraught. What? Are, I was fine until this happened. Do you I, want me to leave you alone? I can leave you alone. No, you can come with me. Okay. Quince is cool. I would like to meet him. It's not, I met it's awesome person. people and I don't know what you were doing, but I had a good day in this town and I feel like you're going to ruin it. <laughs> so the, the two of you are headed off to Quince's? Yes. To Quinstruments? Yes. Quinstruments. <laughs> All right. Darvin, uh, when you wake up, uh, roll perception real quick. Okay. 16. You can hear Aranus in his room talking to Kara. Otherwise, I was Kara in, in, in her room. room. Oh, sorry. You can hear Aranus in Kara's room. The two of them are talking. But you're going back to the Dr. Corey's. Unless you want to stop in there for anything. Mm. Something's up between those two. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. That part's a smooth talker. <laughs> Yeah, it's not happening. How'd that even work? <laughs> they gotta, you gotta I do the whole thing, head to toe. <laughs> oh. No, 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 it works. <laughs> we, we worked that out, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a series of emails about how changelings reproduce. Oh my god. Why is this not surprising? I have to go. <laughs> it's important it to comes know out. how things reproduce. It is. <laughs> and if gender is even important to them. Not that much, as it turns out. No. But you're going back to Dr. Corey's. You make your way there. No problem. You knock on the door to Dr. Corey's office, and he will open it up and let you in. Come on in, Dr. Corey. Oh, oh, my head. You okay there? I've I've felt better. What can I do for you, young man? Just figured I'd punch you how she was doing. Well, she was doing a lot better yesterday. Tell you what. I don't know. Doesn't sound good. Dr. Corey will escort you over to Mayapple on the table. Give me a perception roll. Okay. He takes you over and 
can't reach your shoulder. So he puts a hand on, like, your back. He reaches up and gets just above the small of your back. <sighs> and with all the confusion yesterday, I wasn't really sure. I was hoping she would pull through. I'm, I'm afraid she didn't make it, son. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, the, Doctor. The weird thing is, the rash cleared up. That is weird. It's almost like the medicine worked, but it didn't. Uh, I don't know. Caster hasn't been by yet. He's gotta. He's gotta know. Would you come with me, just in case he doesn't take it well? Sure. So the two of you exit Doctor Corey's office, head over towards Caster's uh, residence, and. When Caster finally opens the door, he's still in the same clothes as yesterday. He looks like a fucking mess. He barely slept. He's been word sick all night. And he, he lets the two of you come in. He's got a small little couch that looks very uncomfortable. Dr. Corey says, Caster, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Mayapple didn't make it. Whatever it was, it, it got the better of her. Now let's see how Caster goes. Well, neither of the options were positive. It's not like he's going to rejoice. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was cheating on her. I don't know. No, it was, that was young Orklov. And has been torn away. He falls onto his knees. and He cries and he rips his shirt open. Hogan style. Not, not quite. Real. There's no Orkomaniacs out in the audience. <laughs> uh, and, and he's just weeping on the ground there. I comfort him. They're there. Well, not there, there, because that's stupid, but, you know, just try and comfort him. All right. Go roll persuasion. It's just like a comforting act. Oh, man. I really wanted to do poorly. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of did, too. As soon as you put your hand on his shoulder, he reaches up and grabs your arm and pulls you in for, like, this big old hug. And he's just crying on your shoulder right now. And he's just like, no, no, she was so young, no. What am I going to do without her? (laughs) He's a very distraught orc right now. What do you do? Comfort him for as long as I need to. Slip out when it seems, (laughs) you know, not too cold. You're down there on the ground with him. Like, he's on his knees and he pulled you down to his level. And after about a minute, you try to stand up. Give me... An athletics or an acrobatics <laughs> to try to slip out of his grasp. Acrobatics, 11. You try to squirm away and he just holds you tight to his chest. Aww. I to hang out a bit longer. And, and he is crying on her shoulder. Oh, hang out a bit longer, I guess. And it gets Poor guy. real awkward for a bit. <laughs> you can see over this guy's shoulder, like Dr. Corey is standing there and he's just like, oh yeah, this is sad, but oh... You there. Good for you. You're the hugging kind. Good. He's really not. Me? Yeah, you. You're really not a hug guy. I'm not the hugger. I'm the huggy. This hug is not consensual. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead and make that argument if you really want to. I wouldn't. Uh, Caster is not letting go right now. It's gonna be it's gonna be like a good five minutes. I can wait for him to let go then. I'll just stand there before his arms eventually drop to his side, and he kind of like buries his head in your chest. I I can't help but think there's something more I could have done, or something less I should have done. It's just not fair. There's nothing any of us could have done, Caster. 
<laughs> such a good answer, though. Ah, it is. <laughs> You're and the worst, really but that is such a good answer. He he gets up and he just says, "I I need to be alone." And he walks over to the couch and just face plants into the cushions, just over the arm. Oh, time to make my exit. All right, yeah, and you can see Dr. Corey back there too, and he's kind of looking side to side. Yeah, let's let's get it. This is our chance to get away. From the two of you exit, and Dr. Corey's. Oh, could have, it could have been worse. Honestly, I'm I'm ready to call it a day. I know it's the morning, but fuck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> been a rough day already. Doctor swears a lot. What are you, What are you doing? What What's going on for you today, man? Um, I don't know. Then come with me. Come on. Come to the office. Let's go. Alright. When you get there, he doesn't even pull out the bottle of, like, something that was clearly alcohol, like he did last night. He pulls out something that's just in, like, one of those flasks with a cork on top. Oh, Lord. Oh, man, this is gonna end poorly for you. Uh And and he uncorks it, and he just starts taking the swigs, and he'll pass some to you. Drink a tiny bit. I'm not much of a drinker. This is, is like, moonshine. This is like the doctor's distillery or something. Oh man, I would totally try that shit. <laughs> I think I'll take so a sip. So weird to be the character that's like, I will do all the drinking! <laughs> I'll take a sip and then like take, you know, big sips. So you take like a shot? No, less, just like just a, a sip. Just a very, the very smallest possible right, sip. Roll, roll a constitution saving throw. 14. <laughs> There's an intense burning sitch- sensation as it goes down your throat. Just like on fire. And you kind of pull back from that side, like, hey, maybe I don't need to keep drinking all of this and just get shit-faced today. Or, like, destroy my liver right now. Yeah. But Dr. Corey is pleased to have some company, and he'll, he'll just start talking about patients, people that have died. And like, an old orc who, um, who had a bad run-in with a stag. Like, you know, yeah, he died, but he was old and... You know, it was an animal attack. It wasn't any anything like this. He's just trying to he's trying to ease his pain by thinking about other less painful things, and just like working his way back up the ladder. Hey, I'm on, Doc. Why don't you tell me about some of your patients that you saved? Uh, yeah, yeah. He saved this person. Uh, what's their name? I have it right here. Aster. She was a Spitfire. <laughs> it's one of the groupies. No. The name sounds familiar. Shit, is that one of the... Okay. Not supposed I'm to be the gonna... same name. It wasn't supposed to be the same name, but now it's totally the same name. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's possible for two people to have the same name. It is, but... Yeah. yeah she was a spitfire. When, when Aster first came here, she was getting into all sorts of scrapes. She got stabbed once. Right in the chest. Managed to stitch her up and Damn. she pulled through. Sounds like a fun one. Yeah. I think it was just after that. She settled down with a with an orc fellow. I'm not saying it lasted forever, but, you know, they settled down for a bit. They had a nice little family for a while. Good kid. Good kid. Don't know if she'll ever come back. But good kid. Where'd they go? Oh, no, she's still here. The Aster's still here. Oh, if she'll ever come back. The, the kid. Like, yeah. Oh. Where'd the kid go? Doing her own adventure and her work in something. She couldn't stand being under the snow. I see. I guess it's... I, I don't pry too much into personal lives. Sure, sure. But it's not for everyone. I can see it can get some a little yeah. claustrophobic. Yeah, you, you've done a good job of trying to help lift this guy's spirits. That was, that was nice of you. 
I'm like shocked at how nice that was. <laughs> hey, I am not a total asshole. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I am neutral. I have no real desire to cause people pain other than what I have to do for my gut. <laughs> when I see someone in pain, if it's someone I'm forming a bond with, then I might try to ease their pain. The doc is content to spend his entire early morning up until about lunchtime in his office if you want to stay with him. Yeah, sure, I'll hang out. Here's right. Tails. Arnis and Vale. What's up? Quinsterman's. Quinsterman's. And then the guild hall. Nice. We're I'm trying not... to find one. We can ask Quinn. I'll ask Quinn. Yeah. Quince. Quince. His I mean, Quince. I'm not going like to the hall with you. you I don't know what it is. I'm not doing that. Right. Uh, you go to Quinsterman's. Yeah. He's there. He's feeling great. He's in a good mood. How's it going, the great? Good show last night? <laughs> you can call me Arnis. Uh, oh, who's your friend? Thanks. Uh, this is this is Kara, one of the other people traveling. Nice to meet you. Your show was very good last night. Oh, really? Were you there? I caught the uh, part of it. Which part? The the ending. What'd you think? Well, it wasn't, we the, it wasn't the best Arnis has ever done, but uh, you, you definitely you brought your A-game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You play anything? No, no, more of a more of a friend to hang her on, if you will. Oh, like a roadie. Okay, it's always good to have some roadies. Never hurts. I'm not gonna say I'm the muscle. No, because you certainly don't look it. No. <laughs> or any kind of like leans in, half whispers, groupie, roadie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just had to be sure. So, Quince, you are extremely talented. Thank you. So are you. I mean, you know, I know my own limitations. I, on my best night, I have never been close to as good as you are. Wow. And, and that sounds like that sounds like I'm blowing That's smoke up your ass. I know. It sounds like bullshit. It's not bullshit. I mean, I like I came from a bard college, and the last person I heard play that well was my mentor. A bard? Are you? Did you graduate? Yeah. Does I have a friend mean- who didn't. Are you in the Virtuosi? It's the, the name of the Bard Guild. Actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> that's that's a shame. I met one once. Oh my goodness, they were fantastic. Fabulous. Blew my ears off almost. Had to regrow a whole new set. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I like this guy. I like you, Quince. I like you too. We should hang out all the time. I just I'm I'm wondering, like, did you did you grow up here? Did you come here from somewhere else? I'm wondering why someone with your talents isn't didn't settle in a larger city. Not that this place isn't great. I'm just curious. Born and raised? Huh. Self-taught. Self-taught? That's impressive. Well, I mean, I've got these books I've learned from them, but... No shit. Never went to school. I don't care for school so much. I can't do math for a, a lick, but... Do you get out of Honey Hollow a lot? No, no. It's the roads. A little too cold for me. I like it better down here. I've been I've been a few places, not a whole lot, but I've been a fair few places. I've mm-hmm. never heard somebody play like that who is self-taught, ever. You have an impressive amount of talent. You flatter me, Arnis. I I assure you, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you, you would know if I was bullshitting you. So uh, that was thing number one on my list was to tell you, oh man, you're impressive. The thing number two was to talk to you about that book. Mm, yeah. I will cut you a deal right now if you promise to play with me again tonight. All right. I will do that. 
still 25 gold. I'm just so you know. Oh, yeah. You have 25 gold. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. He's more than happy to take your money yeah. in exchange for this book and, of course, future music. Like, he enjoys playing. He enjoyed playing with you. He'll do it again. You can get this book and uh, you know, through that now, are you going to chit chat with Quince some more or are you going to leave? What's up? I will probably take the book back to the room and start looking over some of these songs, seeing if I can bust one out tonight mm-hmm. in honor of my new good friend, Quince. Who sold me this amazing book of power balance? What about you, Vale? Vale is going to go searching for a guild hall. Okay. Give me a perception check as you're going through the town. Uh, if you're just wandering aimlessly. That is a seven. There's no guild hall to be found. You can go talk to people if you want. You know, find a, find a, I don't know, an innocuous looking shop and pop in and you know, just ask them, hey, I you know, was looking one in town wondering if you knew if there was a guild hall and if you could point me in the direction of it. If there's an assassin's guild hall? You're no, just asking a random no, person? No, I'm looking... I, you said any guild hall. I thought you meant like any guild hall. No, 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 no. Like any assassin's guild hall. Oh, well then that No, would you be can't different. go into the bar guild hall and get paid for killing somebody. Well, That's, that would be different. I'm sorry. If that was unclear. I <laughs> yeah. thought you knew you had to get paid by assassins. I thought like guild halls were like... 20 guilds get represented by the hall, and you can just drop this (laughs) off and get your money. The only place you could find one of those would be in the capital. Got it. Where just everything's in the capital. I'm assuming there's not an Assassin's Guild Hall in this town if they had to send me from another town to this town. You'd be correct. It's not to say there aren't guild folk around. Yeah. You take an hour or so walking through town, and there are no obvious signs that there's any sort of Assassin's Guild Hall. There's no Denouement Hall here. Yes. Then I am going to head back to the shop that I was in yesterday that provided me the information I needed. Ah, yes, Bacatas. And the herbs and oils. See if I can't, through our conversation, find out if they know if there is a guild representative for the Assassin's Guild in town. You've already met this person. You've paid them off before. This is not going to be a conversation of subterfuge, misleading, and bribery. This is really basic information that won't get people in trouble. In and of itself? Yeah. Uh, so, Bacata will tell you there's not a hall for the Denouement here, and the closest thing to a representative that you can find is there's a middle-aged couple here. Uh, they're not on the best terms between themselves, sociable enough, but not, like, all lovey-dovey anymore. Um, but both of them, at one point, were members of the Rogues Guild, which kind of oversees both the Assassins and the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. And that one is called Her Unseen Arm. There's an orc man and a halfling woman who are both retired from this guild. <gasps> I've seen them. You've definitely seen at least one of them. Not that super old couple. Oh, it wasn't the... They're not that old. The, oh, that were, like, walking in the... Like, the, the orc with the... Oh, yeah, back, I'm sorry, you know? he was super old. I no, that guy was really old. Those were, like, grandpa and grandma age. Just Got like, it. Aww. They're adorable. Um, do you want to see either of them in particular? Mm, not really. I'm just looking for one of them. Okay, which one do you want? Oh, let's go with the orc. Okay. The orc's name is Darnel. D-A-R-N-E-L. Good, I had that right. So I'm going to go looking for Darnel. He's not exactly in hiding anymore since he's not active in the guild. Do I find him in the middle of town? Do I find him in a quiet mm. corner somewhere? Where do I find him? Bacado will direct you to his home. Where he is up and he has made himself some tea. What fun? I knock on the door. No, no, no. He will let you in. He's got a bit of a bald spot going on right now. 
Uh, one of his tusks is missing, and he's he's still an orc, so he's still big. Oh yeah, I would assume. just not super muscular. A little bit thinner. He definitely was like a wily man back in his day. You can still tell. Darnell, um, stranger, can I do for you? I have it on good authority that you and I have uh, something in common. Such as? I currently work in an industry that you once worked in. Ah, nothing wrong with working for the guild. Come on in. All right. Can I go on in? So once we get in... Since you're down, he'll offer you a cup of tea. I'm glad they take a cup of tea out. I'll, 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 I, when dealing with guild folk, apply to convention. <laughs> I, do, I do it right. Very professional. Have a nice um, cup of tea with this orc. <laughs> Darnell, I, uh, again, you know. Sits down, he crosses his ankles, he takes a sip of his pinky out. Uh, very impressive. Um, Darnell, I, I was sent here to, to do a job for the guild, and, uh, I've completed it, and I was wondering if you could assist me in turning it in and getting my compensation. Hmm. Well, you're a ways away from a hall right now. I certainly don't get out anymore. Which way are you headed after here? Excuse me, are you even leaving? Are you looking to leave? Given what I was contracted to do, I don't intend to stay long. That's fair. I, I understand that's how it goes in our business. Which way are you headed afterwards? Going back up north? Uh, heading well, to the capital? Heading like down south? Heading. Got the hopefully not east, here. but whatever. What's wrong with east? It's a little dangerous. Is that the way we're going? I don't know what direction we're headed. I don't remember either. The dragon? Yeah. That's more to the south. It's a little bit to the east. All right. So we have another place we're going yeah. with Samudio after this, right? Like this is just a stopover. Yeah. Where are we Catch going with Sam next? It hasn't been decided yet. Okay. That's that conversation has yet to happen. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, I'm just while well, we're traveling with uh, the trader Samudio currently, mm-hmm. um, and then we have a, another thing that we uh, that we're looking into that may take us further south. Mm. Oh yeah, there is a guild to the south. A bit of a pain to deal with, though. Elves and all. But they'll certainly play by the rules. Any tips you can give me towards finding the guild hall out there so I'm not spending a ton of time searching? Ah, uh, no. I mean, if you know what to look for, you've seen a guild oh, hall. Yes. I assume you've been in? Yes. yes. Yeah. What town is that hall in? That would be the city of Earl. <laughs> Earl? E A R L? Yes, just like the title, just like the name. Wonderful. Darnell, uh, do you know if. Well, guild members and all, and I can be honest with you and, and assume that I would be safe if I shared some privileged information with you? More likely than not, yeah. I was sent here to... I, I'm a member of the darker side of the guild, as some would say. I'm an, I'm, I'm an assassin. Ah. That's not exactly my cup of tea as he raises his glass up slightly. <laughs> but uh, I've got family in that business. Uh, do you know if there's been a discovery of a body today. Have you heard any rumor? I haven't time? even left my house yet. Oh, okay. Wonderful. And I don't always keep my ear to the ground. I, of course, you're hear. retired after all. Yeah. Are you There's enjoying your retirement? Absolutely. But uh, had a lovely wife. Have a beautiful daughter. Couldn't be more proud. Who's your daughter? I. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Uh, roll persuasion, real quick. Uh, let's see how friendly you're being with. This oh, guy. that's a crude fail. <laughs> not friendly at all. Uh, she's not in town. I wouldn't bother going to look for her. Did she uh, follow in your, your footsteps and remember herself? I'm just making small talk at this point. 
in a sense. All right, I'm not gonna push that one. Um, I but well, Darnell, I uh, appreciate your uh, your assistance in this matter, and um, I do have one last question. Mm-hmm. It is traditional. Uh, I've taken note that people, when they enter town, uh, leave their weapons behind. Uh, oh yes, it's quite safe, Captain Thornton. Her team do a good job of keeping the dangers out. We don't have to worry much about dangers from within. That's why it was challenging to get what I needed in. If I needed to come across a weapon quickly, do you know how I could get my hands on one? A legitimate military weapon might be a little bit more difficult to come by, but kitchen knives, clubs, uh, shears, things of that nature, a little bit easier. Of course, the guards have their weapons. They don't carry them about town too often, but they do have some within the city limits. Should my presence be discovered or my activities become known? Is there a... Do you have any other ways out of the city aside from the main entrance that I could use? Just the stables. Ah, the stables, which I haven't been to yet. Yeah. They're not hidden. I mean, it's... No. Yeah, I'm sure if I went looking for the stables, I could find them. And just about anyone would be willing to point you to the stables. That's not a secret. Well, Darnell, I really thank you for sharing a cup of tea with me and the information you were able to give me. Sure. Give me one perception roll before you leave. perception roll. Oh, I crit! Thank the maker. Awesome. You see a very old but well-done painting uh, above his mantle. It's a painting of him and his family. It, It looks like him, but he's a little bit younger. He stands a little bit more upright. He's still got both of his tusks. Uh, next to a halfling woman. You haven't seen her yet. You don't recognize her. Like, you might have seen her about town. But yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. And sure enough, right in between them, there's a young half-halfling, half-orc daughter, like, sitting on their lap. And they all look very happy, just in front of a fireplace. Oh, sorry, no, they don't have fireplaces here. Because um, they don't have anywhere to put the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> they can't have fireplaces. Uh, no, no. No. They are in front of a very nice, like, rose bush in the gardens. Got it. That's where they go for their paintings. They go into the gardens, they pick out their favorite plants, and this is, like, how they want to be represented. They post themselves in front of that. And uh, as much as you can recognize him from the painting, you probably could find that person, that his wife. Yeah. Um, assuming she's still alive, which, yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. And then, yeah, they had they a, uh, a little girl, probably about, like, two in that painting. Well, that's what you see. That's interesting. All right. Then I'm ready to go off and right. find uh, whatever we're going to find next. I'm planning on spending the evening with you at the bar again. You actually going to show up this time? Yeah, I am, and I'm going to get drunk. Nice. Nice. Darvin, what are your plans for the day? I've done what I need to do. I can go hang out at the tavern and or my room. Go to hang out at the tavern... Kara joins you, apparently. Mm-hmm. Are you two going to drink together? Yeah, I mean, and then here's what I'm trying to trying to do is like you know how sometimes you can get a little drunk and then steer into it, and you're not Take as drunk as you are. Drunk. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm shooting for. Oh, that's so. fine. That's fine. I'm I'm not going to stop you on that just because <laughs> I like that story. Um, and besides, that's that's not how you would get caught, anyways. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so the two of you are drinking at Sweet Williams together. Meanwhile, Arnis is back in his room, going over this Elven Power Ballads book. Mm-hmm. And you open it up, 
And there's a foreword there. And this was dated long ago. The numbers have been rubbed out, but it's clearly marked as being from the fourth age. From the fifth, right? Yes. Every time we say that, I need to double check because I can't (laughs) seem to track it myself. This is from the previous age. And it says, To bards great and small, use these songs and their powers for good and entertainment. Okay. (laughs) What did I buy? (laughs) I'm going to find out. More than you bargained for. You flipped so. Flip it open, and everything's in Elvish, just because that's who wrote it. it was written by some elf long ago. And as you're scanning through the table of contents, it doesn't translate directly, but every single song is the name of a spell that you have heard at the college. Okay. Meanwhile, out in the town, there is a ruckus. From Captain Thorne herself. Uh-oh. After she has discovered CJ's body. Yeah, and is Jeez. crying out in frustration and for answers and for justice. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at dunkdesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com.